This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Hey, as we get into today's word, I want y'all to think about a lot of y'all are here at Church Alive because God's brought you here because he's taking you to new levels. Maybe you've had a desire to go deeper in the Lord. Uh, honestly, some of you may have been born in this church, literally. I know we've got some folks that maybe you're second generation here, and we've even got some third generation folks here just in the uh, 20-something years that the church has been around. But, you know, we're on a mission to teach the Word of God. Amen? To teach the Word of God, not to just give you opinion, but to give you what the Word says, because whenever you go with the Word, you can't go wrong. Does anybody agree with that today? And so Dad used to say this. He used to use this kind of funny statement. Whenever we would like do our new members class, he said, we want you to learn some new stuff based on what the word says. And he said, you also may have to unlearn some things too. I don't know if unlearn's a word. We're going to make it one. De-learn, I don't know what the, the proper uh, uh, word would be, but how many of you know there are times whenever we've had our thoughts about some things and maybe our thoughts or our ideas were wrong, right? Yeah. John Wesley made a statement, the John Wesley, he said, a lot of times our theology is based on our lack of experience. Think about that for a minute. What do we mean by that? We've never experienced so it experienced it, so it can't be of God. I mean, there's some things that sometimes we have to unlearn in our lives. So we're going to talk about some stuff today. And I just want to, to mention something to you. If you're feeling like as a Christian, you're just kind of limping along. If you feel like you're kind of getting whipped pretty good as a believer, or maybe you feel like this Christian life that you've been living, it doesn't seem much different than before you ever asked the Lord into your heart, or if you just want more of God, I want you to pay attention today, amen? Uh, if you can say yes to any of those, pay attention. If you didn't say yes, please try to pay attention as well. Uh, but I want you to just roll with me today. Uh, how many of you know whenever we all got saved, life did not instantly become perfect? Anybody know that? It didn't instantly become perfect. Not everything was just rosy the next day whenever you woke up. Uh, saved people and unsaved people, we all live in a fallen world, right? Unfortunately, we, we were born into this fallen world, so there's stuff that happens. And so as a result, the Christian life isn't perfect. And we are in a messed up world. But the good news is, is this isn't our permanent address. Somebody say amen to that. Come on. This is as bad as it's ever going to get right here. Amen? It just planted earth because it's only going to be up from here. But life isn't perfect, but it's going to get better from here. Come on. And I want you to know this. Your life, since you became a believer, you may say, Gene, it's not just perfect. Well, yeah, but it should be really, really good if you're walking with the Lord. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I'm going to ask you a question as we get into it. How many of y'all believe the word of God is truth? I need to see a show of hands because currently I see three quarters. Let's try to go for 100% if we have Christians in here. Is that possible? All right. So everybody believes the Word of God is truth. Amen? All right, good. Because we're going to talk about the Word of God today, of course. Um, but the Word says that Christians are able to live an abundant life. Everybody say an abundant life. According to John 10.10, 10, we can live an abundant life even though... We're in a fallen world. But there are a lot of Christians, believers, who are still living a very defeated life rather than an abundant life. 
And so I mentioned that early on. If you feel like you're just getting your tail kicked, I want you to listen up today. I think there are a lot of people out there who maybe feel like this Christian life isn't much different than before they got saved. And the reason is, is because they haven't made any changes in their life, right? I do think that there are some people whose approach to salvation is insurance policy mode. What do we mean by that? Well, in case there is a heaven and a hell, and in case there is a God, it might not hurt to just go ahead and play along and say a prayer. And yes, there are people that do that sort of thing, that there's not a heart change. It's just something that came out of their mouth. And so then they get around other believers and they're wondering, why is it my life isn't any different? And brother, let me go ahead and just tell you, you've not changed one thing. So why in the world would you expect any different results? Come on. And it takes place. And so you will actually find people that they start to kind of get burned out. And they're thinking to themselves, well, nothing's different. Why should I even bother reading my Bible? Why should I even bother going to church? Because I'm not seeing any change. I'm going to go ahead and just say it. If you're not seeing a change, God hasn't messed up. It's on us. As human beings. As imperfect human beings, the perfect God has not messed up. It's all going to be on us. But we can't expect different results if we continue to live the same way we did before we ever prayed a prayer. Come on now. We can't do it. The Word shows us that there's all kind of promises and there's all kind of benefits that are available to all of us. But if we don't know them, then we can't ever experience them. We've got to know them. We've got to have a knowledge of the word. And let me go ahead and just tell you something. If you want to see God move in your life, it's going to take three things. I don't even have these up here, but you need to write them down. It's going to take knowledge. So you've got to know what he says. It's got to take faith. Number three, the big one. It's got to take action. You've got to do something. So you got to know about it. There's got to be faith attached to it. And then you've got to move. There's got to be action that goes along with it. And whenever we look at Luke 24, Jesus had risen from the grave. He's on the earth, as we know, for about 40 days. And he's talking to the disciples just before uh, he goes to heaven. And he says this to the disciples in Luke 24, verse 49. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power. Power. Fills you with power from where? Heaven. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now, if you look at Acts 1-4, don't flip there. Luke is actually quoting Jesus, and he says, and Jesus said, stay here in Jerusalem, rather than saying city, Luke actually said it was Jerusalem that they were talking about, until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power, right? Until he fills you with power. And so I want us to look today at some thoughts about the Holy Spirit, since Jesus thought it was important enough to tell the disciples, listen, you need to have the Holy Spirit. I want us to look at some thoughts about the Holy Spirit in our life today. But first, before we do that, we have to understand what or who the Holy Spirit is. Can we kind of get down to the basics first? Cool. Now, I want to go ahead and just tell you, if you're new to the church, you may tense up just a little bit whenever we talk about the Holy Spirit. Because honestly, some of us have maybe seen some things and it was a little freaky. Okay? 
If you really want to get a little scary, the King James Version, which probably your grandparents said was the only version you should ever read, the King James Version calls it the Holy Ghost, which is even a little spookier, right? But with that said, the Holy Spirit is not a what. The Holy Spirit is a person. And let me go a step further. Not just any person. The Holy Spirit is God. You see, there's God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Spirit. There are three and they're yet one. And if I were to just be very truthful with you, very, very honest with you, if you're resistant to the Holy Spirit, if you're like, I don't think I want any of that, then what you're saying is, is I don't think I want any of God. Because if you say you want God, then you want all of God, right? Don't just ask for two-thirds of God. It's an all-or-nothing deal. So by saying no to the Holy Spirit, you're actually saying no to God. But he is a person. The Word talks about this, and every now and then I do a series on the Holy Spirit. But with that said, the Holy Spirit is a person, and we need to understand that, right? We don't need to be resistant of him. Now, Romans 8, 14 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Romans 8, my favorite chapter in the Bible. I could probably preach out of Romans 8 a lot. Romans 8 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So if we are children of God, we are led by the Holy Spirit, but hold on, and we're not led by flesh. Come on now. We're led by, Holy, by the Holy Spirit, and we're not led by flesh. You know, whenever we're led by the flesh rather than the Holy Spirit, there's no evidence that we're a believer in the Lord. Have y'all ever been surprised to hear that somebody was a Christian? That's because they're being led by the flesh and not by the Holy Spirit. Whenever we're led by the Holy Spirit, our life should be different than it was. Come on now. Whenever we're led by the Holy Spirit, we should be able to have joy in hard times. Whenever we're led by the Holy Spirit, we have uh, hope, we have peace, we can have love, right? Come on now. Those are just attributes that come from being led by the Holy Spirit. So our first point today is that children of God are led by the Holy Spirit. I want you to know this, that whenever you're led by the Holy Spirit, then that's actually surrendering all to him. No one's saying this morning, I surrender all, right? Whenever you're led by the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is you're saying, Lord, my agenda, I'm putting it to the side. Holy Spirit, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to say yes to, and I'm going to go there. Amen? Amen? How many of you know, whenever you're led by the Holy Spirit, he's never going to take you to a place that's terrible. It's always good plans for us. Amen? And, and the truth is, is whenever uh, we're being led by the Holy Spirit, then we can have the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives that we see in 1 Corinthians. We can have the fruit shown in our life, and that's all because we are led by the Holy Spirit. Now, Romans 8, 6 says this, says the mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit finds life and peace. Finds life and peace. I want to look at life and peace just for a second. Did you know it's possible to be alive but not living. How many folks have felt like their life is nothing but a rut? It's like eat, sleep, work, repeat. 
And you're thinking to yourself, is this, if this is as good as, as it gets, man, I don't, I don't even know if I want to keep doing this. Anybody ever felt that way? The truth is, is that you can live a life here on earth, but not truly be living. Whenever you're led by the Holy Spirit, though, you can truly have life. You can have a purpose and you can actually enjoy getting up every morning. Secondly, it says here that it brings peace as well. How many of y'all are able to just have peace even though we're living in the weirdest time of our country ever? Anybody? Come on. You know, this church has done a phenomenal job that through uh, what's now a war and through the pandemic and everything else, as long as we've continued to stick with the word and follow what the Holy Spirit said, I don't know about you, but I'm good. I'm good. Whenever I try to shut off what the world is saying and I focus on what he's saying and what the word is saying, and of course that's him speaking through it, then I can walk in peace every day. And so whenever you're led by the Holy Spirit, you can walk in peace and you can actually live a life that you will enjoy, a life that's truly enjoyable. That's the way God intended it for it to be. But if you find yourself that you're just always not in peace, I want to tell you, you need to focus on the one who brings peace. You may need to turn off some things in your life, maybe shut down some social media, maybe turn off the news. And I don't even care what network it is that you're watching. You may say, well, this one is more conservative than this one. Shut it all off and just listen to what the Lord's saying. Amen. Because we know what his report is. It's a lot better than the news report. Right? We know what it is. But the thing is, is that we've all got a purpose, and that's part of really living. We talk about this on a regular basis, and actually Chris talked about it a little bit uh, this morning at the breakfast whenever he was given the word. But God has a purpose for everybody that's in this room today. And whenever you're walking in that purpose, you're going to find that truly you're living, and you're also going to be at peace as well because you're right, if you will, like right in the path that God has for you. And God's plans are good for you. You can live that abundant life whenever you're doing exactly what he says. And so I want to tell you, you need to find out what your purpose is so that you can go towards it. And the good news is, is that your purpose doesn't always mean that you're going to be a pastor. Somebody say amen to that. Too many times people say, well, kingdom work, because we'll talk about the importance of doing kingdom work, or we'll talk about the importance of doing ministry and stuff like that. Too many times people associate that with being a pastor or being an evangelist or something like that. Y'all, that's not the truth. You'll hear me from time to time use the term the fivefold ministry. And just for clarification, we're going to throw up Ephesians 4 real quick. And let me just read this to you real quick. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave the church. By the way, we call these the gifts of Jesus. You hear the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are called the gifts of Jesus. So these are the gifts that Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. You see those five offices. We call it the fivefold ministry. Look at verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So God's purpose for you isn't necessarily to do one of those things. Now, those are five offices that help equip you to build up the body of Christ, according to verse 12, right? But just rest easy if you feel like, I don't want to preach. No, it's fine. We don't need a hundred and something preachers in here, right? God's got a plan for every one of you. And if you were to really look at, 
I don't want to say, say statistics, but the truth is, is probably only about 5% of Christians actually walk in this office. So you can kind of rest easy if you didn't want to ever preach, right? But God does have a plan for you, and he's got a purpose. And whenever you find what that is, you're going to find yourself truly living, loving life, and walking in peace. Amen? Amen. The truth is, is that his purpose for you is something that you're going to enjoy. Come on. It's something that you're going to enjoy. It's something that you can help change lives with while you do it as well. And it can happen here, of course, in the local church body. But can I go ahead and just tell you, it can happen in your workplace. And it could be that all you need to do is to have just a little bit of a mind shift to realize that you're right there on the edge of it. And if you were to change your attitude, then you would be walking in it. What do I mean by that? Can I tell you, nurses, which we have in this church, that is a ministry. Somebody say amen. amen. How many people do you get to minister to on a regular basis if you'll open your mouth, right? I mean, I can think about different folks in this church. If it's teachers, you have children that you can sow into their lives. Come on now. And you're thinking, well, God's got some plan and purpose. No, you're right there doing it. Just change your attitude about it and start to realize you have a mission field right there. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I can do it. And then all of a sudden, you're not just going to work to take care of sick people or deal with brats. No, you have yourself an opportunity to minister to them. Come on, right? I mean, we can look at folks in this church, whether you're in real estate, whatever it is, you have an opportunity to be with people all day long. And you may say, well, God blessed me to be able to sell or to do this. Yeah, he did. And while you're doing that, you can talk to people about the Lord. And you can change hearts. I'm ultra proud of Brian Easterling. In case you didn't know, um, Brian's a celebrity around here because he won a reality TV show. There we go. There we go. I mean, he's our first ever reality TV show winner, and I'm sure we'll have many more. But... um, you know, Brian's, you, you love what you do, right, Brian? I mean, Brian makes knives for a living, and he loves it. What started out as a hobby, he's in love with it, and God has promoted him. And what I'm so proud about is, is like there were some folks that recently came into town and did a documentary on Brian, and he's given the word of God. And he's sharing what God's done in his, li- in his life, and he's using what was a hobby, what he loved to do, as a platform to tell people about Jesus. That is the way it's meant to be. So, so many times we look at what we do as a drag, as just work, or what we do to make income, but I want you to know, you might be right on the edge of what God's called you to do, and you just need a little bit of a shift in your attitude, and then you realize, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Amen? But you can do ministry in any job. I just want you to know that. Additionally, of course, you need to be connected with the church body to where you can do kingdom work here as well. As we mentioned in our all-in teaching a little while back, we talked about whenever you're all-in for God, whenever you're obedient to what he says, you're going to find yourself moving in the direction of your purpose, and you're going to thrive in your life. And he's going to use you in a greater way. But I want you to know this. Whatever in your mind you think that your purpose might be, um, God's plan is a lot bigger, and it's a lot better for you. Uh, so many of you, you think, well, I, I could do this, or I could do that. You've got to change that 
statement there because it's not about what you can do, but about what he can do through you. Here's a point I want you to get real quick. Uh, The calling and purpose for our lives isn't natural, but it's supernatural. Now listen to me just for a minute. It's supernatural. If it was a natural purpose, you could accomplish it and I could accomplish it. But the truth is, is that God's purpose for our life is always bigger than what we can accomplish. Therefore, it takes the supernatural for us to be able to accomplish it. So we have to rely on him for us to be able to do it. Come on now. It's going to take God for us to be able to do it. It's not a natural purpose because we want him to get the glory. Don't we really want him to get the glory? And whenever he does something through us that's bigger than we could ever think, then who gets the glory? He does. Just like with Brian. Brian started banging on steel years ago, not knowing that God would promote him to where he's at now. And Brian, is it all you or is it all God? It's all God. He gets the glory. Amen? Amen. Every time he does. But I want you to also know that a lot of believers are going to listen to the lies of the enemy and think, well, I can't be used. And we even see that here like on a smaller level at the church whenever they think that they can't even be used to do small things around the church whenever it comes to kingdom work. How many of you know it takes a lot of people to make a church service work? How many, how many of y'all have ever been blessed in a church service? Anybody? Good. Well, it took a lot of people to make that happen. You may say, well, it was the Lord. Yeah, it was the Lord, but it took a lot of people to make this all happen, right? And a lot of times people will even believe the lies of the enemy that they can't do something like, you know, be outside helping kids. Maybe like my wife, whenever I told her the first time, you're going to preach, and she looked at me like a deer in headlights. But God can, can do it through you, amen? But the enemy's going to tell you, you can't do it. But you've got to be able to recognize, no, 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 that's the enemy. And with the supernatural God that's inside of me, I can do it, right? So we've got to be able to realize that. But he gives us dreams, and so many times we think, man, maybe it's impossible, Abraham probably thought that because Abraham was in his 80s whenever God said, hey, Abraham, you're going to have a kid. Do what? No, Abraham was 90. Sarah was 80. That's right. And then Sarah's going to have a child. And the word actually says Sarah laughed. As long as you stick with God, whatever he says, he's going to make it happen. Amen. But you got to stick with him. Faith, obedience. Action, what we were talking about earlier, right? But I want to ask you, what is it that you believe he's called you to do? You need to just think about that just for a minute. Maybe you need to jot it down real quick. What is it that he's called you to do? Because he can do it through you. We've just got to trust him and we've got to put some action in there as well. So once again, your purpose is one that's supernatural and that he's going to get the glory. And and the reason that you're going to be able to accomplish this this is because the Holy Spirit through you, you have power. Amen? All right. Third thing is this, is the Holy Spirit will empower us to do greater things. Somebody say greater things. Greater things. If we look at John 14, it says this, it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, of course, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Listen, Jesus says you can do what I've done, but even go another step further and do greater works as well. He says, because I'm going to be with the Father, you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it. 
so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. He's told us that twice. We need to be asking the Father. Come on now. Two verses in a row he told us that, or two lines in a row. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. That's the Holy Spirit. You see the capital A there? Who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads in all truth. We can do the same works and even greater works if we believe in him according to this scripture. We've got to believe. And why is it that we can do these greater works? It's because of the Holy Spirit that he said we would have, right? Remember, he tells the disciples early on, we see it in Acts 1, 4, and then in Luke, he said, stay here, wait for the Holy Spirit because he's going to give you power from heaven as well. So we see that we can accomplish these things and we can accomplish the calling for our life because of the, uh, because of the power of the Holy Spirit moving through us. And we can also do these greater things as well. But I want you to know this is we've got to believe the word of God and be full of faith, trusting God to be able to do it. So once again, knowledge, faith, and action. So you say, I've not seen any miracles whenever I've prayed for people. Do you know what the word of God says? Do you truly have faith? And are you stepping out and doing it? Whenever you've got those three things, you're going to see God move on your behalf. But the thing is, is we've got to get all in for God. We've got to get all in for God. None of this half in, half out stuff. We've got to begin to abide in Christ. And whenever I talk about abiding in Christ, it's a place of like consistent rest in him, consistent dialogue, you know, spending time uh, with the Lord and just talking with him. And it's literally building a relationship. And, and as we grow closer with him, we're going to find ourselves being more and more like him. Amen? Amen. We're going to find ourselves being more and more like him as well. So getting back to my question early on, maybe you've felt defeated or, or you felt like you're just kind of limping along as a believer, I want you to understand this point up here, that being led by the Holy Spirit is what's going to give us power, is what's going to give, and it's what's going to give us authority in our lives. Being led by the Holy Spirit gives us power and authority in our lives. The Word says that the Lord's given us all authority, and so that means He expects us to use it. He's given us all authority, so he expects us to use it. And once again, being led by the flesh or being resistant to the Holy Spirit also prevents this as well. Mark 16, 17 says that signs will follow those who believe. Y'all believe that? Signs will follow those that believe. And then Luke 9, 1 says that Jesus gave his disciples power and authority over all kinds of devils as well. But y'all, we've got to have the Holy Spirit operating in us for us to have that power and authority. I want you to know we're capable of doing the greater things if we're not resistant to the Holy Spirit. We're capable of doing those greater, greater things. And again, it takes knowledge, it takes faith, and it takes action as well. If y'all will, y'all go ahead and stand up with me this morning.
want us to think just for a minute. Um, have you seen the Lord really move in your life, or have you really felt like, man, I'm just kind of limping along? And if you kind of feel like you're just limping along and you're not really seeing much, I do want to ask you this morning, have you been open to the Holy Spirit operating in your life? Because based on what the Word says, what we've read here in the last just 15, 20 minutes, we know the power comes from the Holy Spirit. And that we were given the Holy Spirit whenever Jesus ascended he sent the Holy Spirit so that we could have that power, so we could truly do greater things. I, I, something that I was thinking about earlier is whenever we say no to the Holy Spirit, we are saying really no to God. We're being resistant to God. And whenever we're being resistant to God or resistant to the Holy Spirit, what we are doing is, is we're saying yes, unfortunately, to a defeated life. You know, we need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us. Can we all agree that with that? We need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in us. Too many times, also, I think that we look at other people, and maybe we see God using them in one way, and then we look at our lives and we're like, man, God's not using me at all. And the enemy wants to get in your ear and tell you, yeah, you're, you're not accomplishing anything for the kingdom. Can I be honest with you? I, I deal with that as a pastor a lot of times. Um, here's real just transparency. There are churches everywhere, as we know. And whenever you sometimes start to look at other churches I have the Holy Spirit remind me, Gene, stay in your lane. <laughs> Don't. I'm, I'm doing one thing for them, and I'm doing something else in McGee, Mississippi. But the enemy will get in our ear, and he will tell us, look at what that person's doing. Look at how effective this person's doing. And what are you doing? But I want you to think about something real quick. Uh, most of us have heard of Elijah in the Bible. In the Old Testament, if you were to think about the, the guys that saw crazy, awesome miracles, it would have been Elijah, then Elisha, and probably Moses. Those were the three guys that, that saw or that, that were part of amazing miracles. Whenever you look at Elijah, for instance, he, he caused it to rain. He parted the Jordan. Um, there were just some really amazing miracles that he was part of. Ironically, in Luke 1.17, Gabriel spoke this about John the Baptist. He said, he will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Now, I want us to just sit on that for a second. This was the angel, one of the archangels that literally God sent to deliver this message to the parents of John the Baptist. And this angel is speaking the word of God and says, your child will have the spirit of Elijah. Now, Elijah had already come and gone. 
we can think about all the miracles that he did and then you look at John the Baptist something about John the Baptist he was a bit of an outcast lived out in the woods had a very interesting wardrobe to say the least according to the word um, was a little bit of an oddball you could say but let's look at the two together whenever you look at Elijah whenever the miracles were taking place what were what was happening hearts were being turned whenever John the Baptist was pointing everyone to Jesus whenever he was saying behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world hearts were being turned I want you to hear me today. The same miracles that Elijah did, yeah, they were amazing, but hearts were being turned. The same thing that John the Baptist was doing was different, but hearts were being turned. Don't ever look at other people and compare yourself to them because what you're doing whenever you tell people about Jesus is turning hearts as well. Don't ever compare yourself to anyone else. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. He wants to use you. Your assignment's not going to look necessarily like the person who's next to you. But see, it all comes together. And it's just this glorious, wonderful body of Christ, all of us working together. Amen? It's all of us just working together. So this morning, I want to pray for you. And I want to do something that's a little bit unusual. As we got back just a minute ago and we looked at the Ephesians 4, talking about the five offices, as your pastor, as your teacher here at Church Live, I just want to speak some things over you and just impart some things over you as well. I feel like this is a day of equipping. Um, some of you, maybe you walked in here today and you didn't really have an understanding of what the Holy Spirit's role is. And once again, I want to tell you, He wants to give you power and authority to where you can live a victorious life, not a life that's just beaten down, not a life that you feel like you are getting drugged by a horse. You should be waking up every morning with a smile on your face because this is the day the Lord has made and because he wants to use you to turn hearts. Amen. But the thing is this, is that some of you maybe came in here and, and you didn't have much of an understanding. And so now you're like, I'm a little more interested in this. Well, good, because I want to just declare some things over you today. If you will, can you just, can everybody just put their hands out? Just bow their heads today. Just, just put their hands out. And Lord, right now, God, Father, you've given me the gifts. Lord, as the pastor and the shepherd of this house. Uh, and God, according to Ephesians 4, Lord, it's my responsibility to equip this group right here. Lord, to do kingdom work. Lord, this is what the word tells us. And so God, today, I just release these gifts to this group right here in the name of Jesus. Lord, I even say that, yeah, there are gonna be some that operate in the five-fold God that right now, Holy Spirit, you're starting to work on them. Lord, we call right now the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the apostle, Lord, the prophet to come right now in the name of Jesus. God, we know that office isn't for everyone, but Lord, for the ones that you've called, Father, that they accept that and they start to move forward in it. Lord, unfortunately, my father and I, we, we drug our feet and we dug our heels in, God, and we were kind of late to the party. But Lord, I say right now that those that are feeling it, God, they're ready to go all in for you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, as it relates to other gifts of the Spirit right now, Lord, 
Lord, as we see in 1 Corinthians, God, in chapter 12, Lord, whether it's the word of wisdom, Lord, whether it's the word of knowledge, Lord, whether it's prophecy, God, whether it's faith, whether it's healing, right now in the name of Jesus, I just declare that over this group in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I say that this is going to be a day, Lord, that people start to walk in the purpose that you have for them. Right now, Father, that you're going to start to show them, Lord, what it is you have for them. God, I, I truly believe that so many of them are right there on the edge of it. And they're kind of already in the ballpark. But Lord, you're going to show them exactly what they need to do. And so God, we speak that right now. In Jesus' mighty name. God, we thank you for the power, for the authority. Satan, we go ahead and tell you right now, you're already in people's ears. And we rebuke you and we say you have to go right now. Listen, any doubt that's trying to pop up in your head, oh, I can't do anything. Listen, that's not the voice of God. That's only the voice of the enemy. And so Father, we thank you for it. And if you agree, can you say amen? Amen, amen, amen. Father, we love you. We give you praise. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.